Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is David Hoffman. We recorded this in the backyard of Hunter and Susie Owens' house in Sydney. Uh, by the way, again, thank you so much, Hunter and Susie, for hosting me for so long and for supplying the mosquito repellent stick for all these backyard interviews. That was a lifesaver. Thank you so much. A couple things before we get started. Uh, first of all, my general goal is to have female guests for at least every other episode of the show, but my current backlog of female guests is really small, and I have specific plans for those episodes. So that's why you're getting another dude bro chat for this one. Um, it is a great dude bro chat, but you know it's been a few in a row now. Um, I should be able to keep the ratio half and half. I just need to move the order around a little bit. So I apologize. Um, please have patience. There are some fantastic interviews with women coming up very soon. I usually save this for the end of the episode, but I am currently looking for Skype banjo students, so please hit me up on Facebook or getupinthecool at gmail.com if you're interested in studying Clawhammer with me. I accept all levels, and my cost is only $50 an hour. And when I say Skype lessons, I mean whatever video chat platform you prefer. Hope to hear from you soon. This episode is brought to you in part by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan. It's a great place to look for new and vintage instruments and stock up on picks and tuners and strings and whatever you need. Um, if you're not anywhere near their brick and mortar store, you should check out their online store at elderly.com. Get Up in the Cool is also brought to you, not just in part, but primarily by you, the listener. If you like Get Up in the Cool and want to keep it going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. Also, after the show, I'll tell you how to keep up with David's band, Narrowneck's. But first, here's my interview and jam with David Hoffman. Enjoy. Thank you. 
David Hoffman, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me today. What What was that that we just played? <laughs> <clears throat> what was that? What yeah, exactly. was that? Um, in the, I mean that in a positive way. Yeah, well. <laughs> this is really cool. That's um, that's a five-part Fort Deer version that originally was an Ed Haley tune. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a recording by a band called The Cliffhangers, Cliff Top. Oh, very good, yes. Which is a pretty great version of that, actually. So it's out there Rusty somewhere. Rusty and Mark. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, my dad's got one as well on YouTube, which is a sort of similar. Although my version's actually probably the most like the Cliffhangers version. Mm. So, but a fun tune and and one that a lot of people know of Work Deer, and so you can kind of bring it to a jam. And then if you want to teach people a few more parts, you can throw those extra ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a chestnut fork of deer, but not that version. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is taking a, a well-known tune and then like playing a different version of it. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. How long you how long you been playing fiddle? <laughs> well, that's how a complicated question. So I started playing violin when I was seven and was a pretty poor student. Okay. <laughs> um, pretty good at tone, pretty bad at practicing. What kind of... Um, yeah. What kind of... Um, learning environment did you have well, um you know, it was sort of t- traditional american public school and then i yeah. did you know sort of started <clears throat> with the orchestra i guess it was second grade or third grade something like that and then had some private lessons once a week with the the high school orchestra teacher um but i had sort of i've got a bit of an interesting upbringing with fiddle music because you know my dad's an old-time fiddler has yeah. been playing since the early 70s or so and so this music was always around me and in the house and in my head and sort of, I, I actually did Suzuki violin and didn't touch any of this stuff until yeah. I was about 14 or 15, I think. And then maybe learned one tune yeah. and kind of thought, oh, this isn't very cool. And so I, <laughs> I actually kind of put the fiddle down from about the age of 14 or 15, um, picked up the drums, picked up the guitar. Yeah. Played in metal bands and punk rock and all that Hell sort yeah. of thing. Um, and then really came back to old time when I was about 24, 25, living in Brooklyn. And uh, it was sort of a way to kind of reconnect with music and reconnect with home and that sort of thing. Um, when you when yeah. you started doing it, were you thinking, I want to learn dad's music? 
I mean, I always had all these tracks on my computer, right? You know, old tracks that would come up. I'd put, you know, iTunes on random in college, and you'd have your Rage Against the Machine track, yeah. and you'd have your, you know, Nine Inch Nails, and then all of a and sudden, then yeah. yeah, exactly, <laughs> Salier. Like, how'd that get in there? <laughs> and somebody would just go, "What the hell?" Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's always sort of been part. It's been with me, um, and it was a way to sort of reconnect with home, reconnect with this identity that I, you know, literally three years old up in bed and mm. dad's downstairs playing with the string band and yeah. and sort of every every week you know one or two rehearsals at the house just so it's in the head and you know i met a fiddler out here in sydney and she goes oh you're not a classically trained fiddler right you you play old time and i'm like well not really you know yeah. that kind of came to that later but i think it's sometimes it sounds more like i got a little bit more of that old time sensibility just because i've listen to it for so long but on the on the other hand it's like you probably listened to more old time music than you did classical music even though you weren't playing it yeah just well, uh, totally it being in the house all exactly the time. Yeah. exactly so yeah but anyway i guess long story yeah. short um i've been playing now pretty consistently for about three years yeah i'm 33 i played for like 24 25 for a couple years in new york and moved yeah. over here sort of put the fiddle away again and then about three years ago just went not nah, this is definitely and and really have put a concerted effort into actually really learning the music and mm. more about it. Mm. Was there was there ever an uh, an element of not wanting to do it, not wanting to play old time fiddle, yeah, or old time music in general that was like a, like a rebel a rebellious against dad's music? Totally. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I, I always tell people like. I was too cool for old time music yeah. <laughs> for a while. And then, and then you realize that it's, it's almost, it's like so uncool that it is cool kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that's well put, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I guess music and being a musician and playing and, and sharing that with people has always really been part of my identity and something that yeah. I really value. And the ability to have the interactions that are facilitated through the medium of music, yeah. it's that, community it's that social scene it's that um i mean there's plenty of pretension in old time music let's sure, get sure. ahead of ourselves but like at least there is this amazing community of folks who come together and form the music yeah and and you know build their own thing build their own identities sort of use it as this thing that they can all connect with for a community of musicians it is miraculously like ego less <laughs> I would say for like for musicians I would say that like what I found is that it's exactly you're, you're measuring on a different sort of scale though aren't exactly. you exactly because musicians by default are yes. going to be yeah far from egoless but, but anyway you're going to find a place is, to do music yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I mean I love the connections that it that it has afforded me and the people that I've met through the playing and and I mean that connection to home obviously is huge mm. too so yeah, I, I was definitely too cool for old time, but <laughs> but it's so much fun. And when you now you're an old man, exactly. I'm <laughs> too to old play. now, exactly. Um, but no, I just really enjoy it, and yeah. it's it's pretty foreign over here. You know, we're in Australia, and it's not the thing that people know or understand or really get. But but it's fun. I want to ask you more about living in Australia and playing old time music because that's part of my goal of being here is like get get it paint a picture of what the scene is out here and it's like a, what the strengths are and the weaknesses but do you want to play a very different scene yeah let, play yeah. a tune first play this let me get to a real quick nice <laughs> 
Got there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it's important in all type two destination. Exactly. <laughs> so you really got into playing all time music in Australia. Like, were you already here yeah. when you started? Yeah. Look, I, I was, and I think that that's a big part of it for me. It's like it's a connection to home, right? Yeah. So. So you don't just mean home, like a literal like building or like a family, but just like you were. As far away, basically, as you could be from exactly <laughs> from your culture, and yeah, looking for something familiar. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and it was—I mean, I think it was the second month I was here. I was living in a little neighborhood called Camperdown, and it's just three blocks away from Annandale. And mm -hmm. every every month in Sydney, there's a a session, a regular session called the Annandale Old Time and Bluegrass Session. Mm. And in Australia, one of the sort of eccentricities of the of the of the marketplace here is that bluegrass and old time kind of get blended together. Yeah. Not necessarily because of a lack of knowledge, but more because of a lack of players. Yeah. So you haven't got enough, enough people to really support one scene. So they come together and the jams get kind of convoluted and, sure. and you may be in an old time jam and you're uh -huh. taking solos and it's kind of like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. This would never fly in North Carolina, yeah. but <laughs> you know, here it happens. Um, yeah. But anyway, I was I was living so close, and I was actually just walking down the street, and I heard this music that was really familiar to me, and I yeah. wandered in, and I met Hunter and Susie, and a so whole you, bunch of other people. You didn't like find it online, and no one recommended. You were literally just I was just there. You yeah. had the the fiddle ears. Exactly. Oh, I know that. Exactly. Home so, music. So I got lucky. I stumbled into it. I met a few cool people, but I, still, it didn't really stick at that point. That was five, almost five and a half years ago now. Um, but at least I knew there was a community here. I sort of kept up with people. I, I played every once in a while. But it was really going through like a, a breakup mm. and going through a bunch of other stuff where I, I kind of went, okay, well, I miss home. I want to connect with this. And I was like, I'm going to practice an hour a day. I'm going to learn a new tune every week. I'm going to yeah. really get involved in this and, and really, yeah, make that effort to mm. to actually pull in and become an old-time fiddler, which I don't think I could have called myself previously, and now it's still a bit of a stretch, but I'm working on it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> sounds old-time to me. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's pretty recent, actually, honestly. Yeah. Anyway. The the practice is recent. The practice is yeah, recent. Yeah, the identity is yeah. recent. Yeah, and I mean, what are you thinking? What are you finding about your time in Australia when you're you're seeing this community? Is it is it... Does it reminiscent of what you see back home, or is it a little oh, different? Um, yeah, it's definitely like it's. It doesn't have the luxury of being as specific. Mm -hmm. Although some individuals are incredibly specific, but they don't necessarily have the luxury of like expecting specificity from everyone else. Music musically, that is. Um, but um, I also think that's kind of special, you know. I mean, just earlier I was playing with Jimmy Rush. And, you know, he's like flat, he's a bluegrass flat picker, mm. but he flat picks old time tunes. He sounds great. That's yeah. a real treat, you know, like. It's different. And you're accepted in a different way because yeah. there's no, there's no room for division. Yeah. Yeah. And when he like came here, like, um, or I guess at a certain point he joined Rod and Judy's old time band, but right. they like, they're like, you're a good guitarist. 
flat pick some tunes you know so that kind of, that kind of like attitude and yeah i feel like uh old time is kind of always in um in this sort of push and pull of like ooh, it'd be really fun to like let out the leash a little bit and do this fun thing yeah um i mean i i feel like ithaca and uh northeast like fiddle music is a great example of that um yeah well i mean that's my upbringing right so you know so your your dad is john hoffman yep from um so well he was he was one of the original members of the tompkins county horseflies back in yeah. the early 80s playing yeah. banjo in the group for a little while he left and richie stearns took over interesting and yeah. uh and richie's obviously an amazing banjo player he's been playing with them for well 30 years now or something right more than that yeah. something like that anyway um but yeah but john plays with um a few different bands up south um yeah, he plays with Steve Arkin, yeah. Mac Benford from yeah. the Highwoods. So, but there's a great community up that way, and a lot of amazing, amazing old-time players with a slightly different take on the music. Yeah, sort of that backbeat, that swing bow, which I haven't really adopted into my playing yeah. just yet. But I've, I've been just the last couple months listening to a lot more of that kind of style to try and see if I can incorporate that bowing because I really like it. And yeah, I was going to ask like. You know, it's home music. How close to specifically your roots have you have you gotten? So that's a, a new thing is trying to learn how to do. <clears throat> I get stuff. a lot of I get a lot of crap from my dad from my Boeing. Hey, hey. <laughs> he's um, leave me alone, Dad. He's uh, <laughs> he's supportive, but he also is um, he's opinionated, mm-hmm. as as we all are, and I think it's it's helpful because I always look at music as. You know, if you, you go to a certain place, yeah. you get to the destination, you get there via a certain journey, but you realize that there's so many ways to get to that place. Mm-hmm. And there's all these different ways to play the tunes. There's the right way, yeah. which is the way that the old guys played it. You know, yeah. Tommy played it back in the day, Tommy Gerald or, or Ed Haley's version yeah. or, you know, Eck Roberts, whoever you're listening yeah. to. There's the new way with, you know, the, the, the virtuosic players. Sure, or, sure. Who are doing it but then there's sort of i don't know i kind of like to make my own a little bit but i also really i want to be able to do it the way the old guys did it yeah and then sort of do it the way i want to do it and i'm yeah. I've, I've just in the past couple months sort of started to break down my bowing and really trying to emulate learning tunes slowly learning the bowing rather than the notes because i yeah. can learn the notes really easily but the actual bowings and getting the crossovers and the strings and everything I'm not there yet, but I think I, that's my, my goal for the year is really mm. just learning a few simple tunes really, really close to the source material so I can incorporate that, um, you know, those words, that repertoire into the rest of the playing, if possible. Yeah. It's a fun journey, though. You know, you've always got to find the thing that you can work on to improve because if you're doing the same thing all the time, yeah. how do you get better? Right. It's good. It, it's interesting. Um, I feel like old-time music specifically but maybe this could apply to all disciplines Mm -hmm. but i feel like part of the skill is liking it and i don't mean that to be as tongue-in-cheek as it sounds but it's no but it's it's difficult to understand what exactly is going on and why it's valuable um from an outside perspective and the deeper you get into it the harder it is to 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 remember why it would ever be anything less than like incredible yeah you know but it is sort of a skill to like it <laughs> i make jokes sometimes on yeah. stage when we're playing um a concert or something or a square dance and 
and I say, oh, you know, that's an old that's an old John Salyer tune or something. Yeah. And, you know, you could check out the recording, but you probably don't want to. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> for the general public, it's like, yeah. this is not something that you would listen to for pleasure. These are old wax recordings, wax yeah. cylinder recordings from the 1920s or 1930s that yeah. scratchy fiddles. And it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to listen to that stuff for a long time. You uh-huh. want to listen to, you know, some Brittany of the really album because well, she's yeah. an amazing player and really yeah. clean. But then a lot of the old folks, they don't see that as the source material, and it's right. not. It's it's different. It's something it's something that's more yeah, fit but, for public consumption. But right? she but listens to the old folks. Exactly. Well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's that, it. That's the thing. It's like the way I play now versus the way I play played when I like kind of first started is incredibly different. And I think it's because I've been getting better at liking the music. So the yeah, more... Right. The more that I like it, the more I want it to like, the more it sort of refines my playing and the, yeah. I make different musical decisions. But at the end of the day, like just like, you know, Britney plays like Britney. Yeah. It's like I play like me. I feel like I'm playing more like me, but only because I've allowed myself to be like, to get my, um, have my opinions be molded by the community and just kind of trust them that they know what's valuable. Okay. And then it's like eventually I'm like, oh yeah. Well, You're I've heard, totally right. I've heard that, that the, the best players are the ones who can play in other ways, but yeah. then can play in their own way as well. So yeah. it's like you have to learn from the masters and you have to learn these different ways of doing it. And then you bring that and you can build your own style. So it sounds like you've done a pretty good job of doing that. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm on that journey. <laughs> hey, well, we're always going to be on that <laughs> yeah, journey. Yeah, exactly. We're young, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> For a tune. <laughs> a little contest tune? Hell yeah. Thank you. 
great that's a that's like a contest fiddle tune from uh clark kessinger that one's called redbird redbird and um clark kessinger is one of those fiddlers i think who had those old i mean those are some there's some recordings of his from way back in the day i think the 30s as well mm-hmm. although there was he did some stuff in the 60s too but um which really sound like commercially yeah 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 recorded <laughs> sort of quality fiddle tunes so if you're if you're kind of on the fringe of old time, you can get into right. the Kessinger stuff. But it's interesting. It's a very, it's a different style, isn't it? Like really notey, not as much emphasis on the Boeing, but great stuff. That's a good recommendation, though, for people who want to find accessible source music. Yeah, I say. To Clark Kessinger. Well, there's one. I think it's the best of Clark Kessinger. It's like a green mm. album. It's got that tune on it. It's got a great version of Salt River. He's one of the fiddlers that, like. There's these these tunes that we all play and all know. Arkansas yeah. Traveler and is one of them, but he plays like dope versions. He does yeah. amazing versions of yeah. these tunes. <laughs> Some people probably think they're too flary and they you know there's not enough rhythm in Boeing. But I just I mean his version of Arkansas Traveler is probably one of my favorites. He also does one that's uh, Flop Eared Mule. Hmm. That's a fantastic version of that. I'd love too. to hear that. It's I would great. love to hear a, a fantastic version of Flop Eared Mule. Well, you, maybe, I mean, people would probably disagree with me on that, but for me, it's it's fun. And it's fun to play that one, too, because it's just, hmm. it's a good challenge with all the notes, anyway. It's cool. All right, what do you, what do you want to play next? Let's keep playing tunes. I'm all warmed up now. <laughs> Let's After do, that. um... Should we do an Ithaca tune, then? Yes. <laughs> yes. So this... I think I haven't actually been to that many festivals in the States because I live in Australia. Yeah. Uh, I went to Rockbridge last year. Oh, very good. That was a ton of fun. Got to got to play the square dance a little bit with uh-huh. my dad's band. They let me sit in for a few of the tunes, which was a good challenge. And then um, went to uh, Fiddlin' Bear in Gennaro, Lake Gennaro this, oh. this year. Have you been? It's like, it's probably still my favorite one. I haven't been able to go the last two years. Okay. It really bumps me out, but there's so much fun. But I I don't know that many players, so I uh-huh. sort of have this interesting experience when I show up. I know a few of the folks from right. New York City from my time there, and then I know <coughs> obviously my dad's crew, but I'm not quite at that level. So it's sort uh-huh. of a where do I fit in? How do I yeah. how do I do this? But it's always fun to meet people and and learn tunes from folks. So yeah. Um. Anyway, this one came up a couple times as like the Ithaca tune yes yeah. because it's one that um, a lot of Ithacans play I learned it originally I learned a version from uh, Lydia Damiano I don't know if you know Lydia no, I don't know Lydia uh, formerly Lydia Garrison Clausen uh, went to high school with her actually and she's a great fiddler and banjo player mm. and guitarist played it uh, with a group called Turtle Ducks which is Leonard from the Ducks 
Oh, very good. And, the decks. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it's actually a little sort of side project that Lydia and, and Leonard had that released hmm. a pretty cool album. And then... Um, is he the banjo player? He is, yeah. yeah. He's he really is. good. He's great. That dude plays... He plays like jigs. <laughs> Climber. Looks really good. <laughs> I had the funniest experience of my life at Woodford Folk Festival oh, yeah. like three years ago. When I was, I was. Is actually, that the one in Queensland? Yeah, it's up okay. in, up up in Queensland, yeah. like north of Brisbane, about an hour. And I was in um, a pirate. I was a, dressed as a pirate because I was volunteering at the festival yeah. and serving drinks in this little tiny pirate ship, which was actually the the ship from Pirates of the Caribbean. What? Because they filmed it in Australia. <laughs> I had no idea. And so yeah. they've actually they took one of the ships and they brought it to the Woodford Folk Festival as one of the sort of art oh installations. But then they turned it into a little scene bar. Yeah. And then they had us dress up as pirates and they're just it's this tiny little space. It was like the size of his bedroom yeah. with a little bar in there. I'm dressed as a pirate and my um, it's New Year's Eve and my other bartender is like, just get your fiddle out and play some tunes for people because we're in this little space. So I'm playing tunes. It's late. It's like almost midnight on New Year's Eve and uh, Leonard walks in from the ducks. He's got his he's got his banjo with him and we ended up playing old time tunes for a while in the in the pirate ship and it was just it was a crazy one of those crazy like yeah. just where are we in the world and how are we doing this and <laughs> we're connecting and I said oh yeah you, you know and we we connected because he'd played with Lydia and I went to high school with her and mm. I've heard her play and she's great anyway um this is uh this tune is called Hangman's Reel yeah and uh yeah it's a four-part tune originally I think Gene Kerrigan brought it over um Canadian French Canadian mm-hmm. fiddler I finally listened to the original I was like whoa totally different <laughs> totally version different. totally like <laughs> you can't even follow it but it's um but the, the one we play is sort of a, a very Ithaca version so yeah. maybe we'll just get into it mm. Thank you. 
Very good. <laughs> oh, we got some applause from next door. Very good. That's what happens when you play next to the pub. They like they like the Ithaca too. The later it gets, the the more they appreciate the music too. I think. Yeah, I'm sure. It's probably just the beers. <laughs> All right, so we just have uh, one team left yeah. in our like official episode, and Sweet. Uh, you have a band. I the do. The Maronex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the cool things about playing in Australia is that even if you're not the best old-time fiddler in the world, it's a foreign thing. So there's some novelty to the music, and yeah. you get to kind of go travel around, play festivals. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm in a group called Narrownex, and we've got a website, narrownex.com, Facebook, Narrownex, all that stuff. Um, in the process of sort of working out what we're going to do for our debut album, but mm. um, yeah, that's that's still in the works. But it's uh, it's a four four part we've got cello in the band so it's a little bit a lot of full-time cello a little bit different yeah. he's uh he's a classically trained full-time classical cellist and we're sort of getting him to try and figure out how the how the old time works and he's really enjoying it so it's been a fun experience but yeah check it out if mm. if you're keen and we do we play around sydney we play lots of festivals around australia so but old time is such a it's such an interesting subculture, isn't it? Like we all know yeah. these names of people yes. and these specific little things that tie us together. I feel like it's it's funny even over here. It really it's an interesting thing to be a part of. And I've been a part of a few different types of subcultures. This is just yeah. just a good just a good one. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. Appreciate it's it. It's been it's been fun hanging out and looking forward to playing some tunes with you this weekend up at Dorgo. Yes. Yes, so. by all means. Um, what are, yeah, what are we why doing? Don't we, why don't we finish off with uh, a tune that is an old, an old one? Um, this is Fred Cockrum's version, as far as I know. It's what, it's what my dad said. It's on, it's on John Hoffman and Mac Benford's album. Mm. Uh, it's about time, which he probably wouldn't want me promoting too much because he made it about a decade ago okay. or more. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. But I'm going to put all the links in. <laughs> put all the links in anyway. Yeah. He's probably got a bunch of extra cds to sell in the basement anyway um and it's uh yeah far on the mountain people say some people call it fire on the mountain some people yeah. call it far on the mountain Far on the mountain. and there's a few different versions of it but this is the one that i know so Thank you. 
Narrownecks will be playing the Illawarra Folk Festival in mid-January, just south of Sydney, and you can catch David at the Tamworth Country Music Festival at the end of January. In the meantime, visit their website, narrownecks.com, and like and follow them on Facebook. Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can afford to keep making it at this rate, visit getupinthecool.com and click the button that says Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward. Give a little, and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. Give a little more, and you could get access to the bonus track blog, where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for every episode, including this one. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up in the Cool tune archive. Every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. Again, that's getupinthecool.com, then click the button that says Patreon. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says Store. Another way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show. You can also purchase a promotional telegram, and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. You can purchase those by going to getupinthecool.com and clicking store. Which reminds me, big thanks again to Elderly Instruments for sponsoring this episode. You can visit their website at elderly.com. I want to give Tim Ross a shout out for supporting the show. It's a bit of a lean season for Get Up The Cool financially, and this is currently my primary income source, so it was really encouraging to get the notification of your sign-up to Get Up The Cool's Patreon. I really appreciate it, Tim. Thank you so much. If you're unable to support Get Up In The Cool financially, please spread the show around to people who might. I release a video for every episode, so if you like, follow, and join the Get Up In The Cool Facebook page and group and share the video posts, a lot more people will hear about the show. Live Get Up In The Cool episodes can be a great way to raise the profile of your festival or camp and get more people to come out the following year. And uh, while I'm there, I can perform a set or two and teach all levels of Clawhammer banjo. For booking, go to getupinthecool.com or camerandoit.com and click contact. And if you're not an organizer but want me to come out to your favorite camp or festival, let them know about it. It'll mean a lot more coming from you than from me. (laughs) If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. You can get it wherever podcasts are found. I hope you check it out. If you're having trouble finding anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.